James Tarkovsky on the Fozcast today. We spoke about that world-famous Sean Deitch's gaffer day in preseason. It's absolutely brutal. Just what it's taken to re-galvanise Everton this season, despite a filthy 10-point drop. And also, Nick Pope being a creature and Jordan Pickford being an angriest man on a football pitch. Big shout out to the Definitely Maybe Bar here in Bolton. This episode is a banger. There's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. This episode is brought to you by Amazon Prime. You know Amazon Prime is not just a shipping subscription, right? It's got everything, including streaming TV and movies on Prime Video. And of course, Prime's fast, free shipping. Go from watching your favorite shows to getting your favorite things. Whatever you're into, it's on Prime. Visit Amazon.com slash Prime to get more out of whatever you're into. James, welcome to the Fozcast, mate. Um, We have to start with um, Everton's current form. Three wins in a row now. Um, after what was an absolutely miserable start, it has to be said. 10 points deduction, but looks like you're back on the road to, to climbing up the Premier League. Yeah, no, it was a good week. Um, it's sort of one of them weeks where you get three games in a row and you're thinking, what a good opportunity you've got here. But yeah. the fixtures weren't easy fixtures by any means, but to pick up three wins, three clean sheets and score, I think, six goals. Um, Chelsea, that. Newcastle and Forest as well. Yeah, I know. Well, Forest away, real difficult game. And then obviously Newcastle at home. Newcastle have been flying in the last 18 months or so. Um, but we played played out of our skin and then to go again on the Sunday and pick up another three points. Yeah. Um, it was really some week and probably the best week I've had at this club so far. How how do you manage to turn it round? So I mentioned there about the start of the season. Um, after the first five games, you had one point on the board and that was a draw against Sheffield United. <laughs> yeah. And I remember at this moment in time, do you remember the start of the yeah, season? Yeah. I remember thinking, geez, if they don't go and win this game against Sheffield United, they're going down, mate. It's 100% going down. And at that time, time, it looked all sort of doom and gloom. So how do you turn it around from that point? You know, if you would have, I don't know how many games you've seen, if you would have watched our early season games, we played so well. Yeah. We, played, we played Fulham at home, battered them, and then they scored second half, battered Wolves, and they scored late on against us. So there was like a lot of good performances without actually picking up any points. And then we've sort of gone the other way a little bit where we've grinded out games now, not played unbelievable, but started to pick up points. Um, and it's, it's a bit, bit down to the manager, really. You know what he's like. He's he's relentless with his messages and the way he wants to be and how he wants us to perform. And that's how we've sort of picked up the points in recent I've, I've heard Daichi talking about XG. Can you imagine? I never thought in my life I would hear someone like Sean Dyche <laughs> talking it. about XG. And he does love it. But you're right, though. The first five games of the season, the XG, the, the expected goals that Everton should have scored was like ridiculous, wasn't it? You should have scored two or three goals a game and you just weren't putting the ball in the back of the net. Yeah, absolute city as well <laughs> and it was everyone I think I was, I was to blame for about six of the XG really? that was just blazing it over the bar from, yard, from yards away um, but yeah to fair, the, to fair the manager's big on his stats especially running stats yeah, like yeah, physicality yeah. stats but I think the XG is something which a lot of people look at now because it's a good guide to sort of see where you're at um, even if you're not picking up points or you are picking up points it's a good guide to see how you're playing I think I've, this is sorry Ben I think this is really you mentioned about the running stats there it's such a a kind of testament to the fact that you've got to give managers time. Like when you see managers coming for eight mm. games, 10, 15 games, like at that level, the level you guys have played at and you're playing at, James, it has to have time because one start I read earlier on was that 
this season you're running as a team four kilometers more on average than last season and that's exactly what you're saying about stats and running isn't it yeah i mean uh, that's probably down to the games being longer as well to be fair ah um, uh, it's a good uh, show yeah. really good show they yeah. are they're good they're, i bet the you they've got to be 10 minutes longer than what they were last season yeah, yeah i haven't thought I, about that i think i was looking at my stats i was probably average about nine and a half 10k last year yeah. i'm up at around 10 and a half 11k this really season yeah every game pretty much what, what, what toll does that take on your body then or the team and, and everybody else's you know, body it's, it's hard to obviously it's difficult it's hard to really tell i think you know in the game like you feel tired so on sunday my legs felt tired yeah. because i played on thursday the body still still felt tired if I just did 9 and a half k yeah, 10k yeah, yeah, so yeah. there's not for me there's no real difference you can overthink it and be like oh I feel knackered today because I did half a k more on, on Thursday night do you yeah. think you've got to just get that out your head then is that something that you will just be like no nah, lads I don't care mate if, if, you're, if your average so far this season is 10 and a half 11k yeah. tomorrow whoever you're playing I want 10 and a half 11k simple as that yeah well last, last week's a good, a, a good sort of sign of that on the Sunday I, I thought the lads, the lads were knackered well, our stats actually went up again. Really? This is from the Newcastle game, which I thought we put everything into and somehow our stats went again into the next game. Yeah. So it shows you can do it and the manager's big on that. We have the, obviously heard about the, the notorious gaffers day and for him, that's a sign of, you can, your body can keep going, it's your head that stops you. Yeah. So like, that's that's his sign of like, yeah, this, yeah, yeah. We, we, we can run, you will be able to run. So just make sure your head tells you that. And you does can get does anybody it. on this notorious gaffers day get to protest? Do they anybody get to say anything, or is it just oh, no. don't you even dream of saying a word? Don't, you just get on with it. <laughs> don't smile. Don't laugh. <laughs> don't like you're enjoying. No eye contact. Is that, is that encouraging more? Yeah. Well, I remember we did a couple of seasons ago. We did a hundred hundred meters. So that was a hundred meters every minute for for a hundred minutes. <laughs> and I think after, after after about fifty or sixty, I remember a hundred hundred meters. Right, it's ten k. Yeah, yeah, it's ten k, isn't it? Yeah, but was, uh, at the end of each one, you don't just like stop on the line. Do you? So you end up actually going further. And back, I think I finished on 18k for that day. Wow! But and I, that was just one session. Yeah. So but that was the day session. So that was the, that was his gaffer's day. He got it from I think Aussie Rules Football. That's what they do. Oh. But he, he'd set a time. So like the first, say like the first 1500 meters was in 20 seconds, and then the next block was in 15. So he kept changing the speed in which you had to run them. Oh. After like 60, Westy was an animal. Ashley Westwood. He was like smiling, laughing, joking, and the gaffer just ramped it up because he was not happy that Westy was enjoying it. <laughs> so everybody else got punished because Westy was, <laughs> was finding yeah. it but, too but, easy. But Westy was a freak; he could run all day, so he was fine. I was at the end plodding along, just thinking, Westy, you, you were the goalies. <laughs> yeah, no, they, <laughs> the goalies don't do it, do they? That sounds a heat, and it heats pulled his calf doing it. Yeah, so. heat, love that. He took one for the team. <laughs> yeah, he did, did. Yeah. So no goalies, goalies are well away. They do, they do their goalies gaffer. Mate, it's hard work. Our goalkeeping sessions. You yeah, know. I've seen it, I've mate. Seen I it. promise you, right? One preseason, one season even just like on a monday or tuesday or something try and do a goalie session yeah i swear it's completely different fitness yeah i mean it might, might be different doesn't mean it's, it's more difficult than what we do <laughs> would you want to do the outfield hell no, <laughs> okay, hell no. i would happily switch for a goalie's gaffer's day over a manager's gaffer's yeah, day yeah I I would, I what else what else well. is on this um this gaffer's day then so this year it was two hours worth and it's, he has he has like probably four or five runs i pretty much know them all now um and he just changed up so the first one's a cooper run which is like a 12 minute you have to cover like I can't remember how many how many laps of a pitch we had to do then we went into another one which is like line and backs then we went on to like a 70 second run <clears throat> and then another one is a chain run so like you run to the far side of the pitch come back get your mate by the hand take him to the far side come back get someone else's hand and you build you build <laughs> up you build brutal. up to like 10 people so in the end you've got 10 in a line and if you break he'll punish you so you have to keep your hands linked all the time 
and then you drop everyone off at the end, so you end up doing about 20, 30 lunch. I can't remember. That's I what's the punishment? Say if, you know what I mean? Because if you've got 10 yeah. people and a, somebody's knackered or just dying of death or a lapse of concentration and you, you let go. Yeah, usually he'll either add a run on or he'll add time onto the session. Oh. So he, he likes it right on his watch and he'll stand there all day, like starting now. And it's like two hours from that point onwards. Oh, and he, I bet he really enjoys it. Oh, he would do as well. He ain't getting involved, is he? He ain't doing any of it. Oh, no. Oh, no, 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 no. He's nowhere near. He just stands in the middle shouting He's got orders. shorts and trainers on, but he ain't getting involved. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's there. And he's just barking orders at us. Um, with, with regards to all the, the fitness then, um, and all the running stats, when is that something basically that you take into a match day and you will pride yourself on a team? Is that what Sean Dykes is good at, is making sure that everybody is on board with just the minimum expectation being that you work harder than the opponent? Yeah, I think probably something we know between ourselves now is that we think we are the fittest team in the league. Yeah. So we know whoever we're coming up against. And I think Newcastle are right up there as well. But we, in the other night, we're thinking we're going to run all over these. Really? And that, that's what we pride ourselves on yeah. a little bit, is that no matter what in this game, we will make sure we work harder than this other team. And, and do you think... Because I've, I've got my own opinions on this, but do you think working hard, when you come up against a team that are probably more talented than you, more gifted than you, do you think that working hard against that team that probably won't put the effort in as much as you, you can overcome them by doing that? Oh, for sure. And I think it's probably something that's quite obvious in the last few years, there for sure, is that like the Cities and the Arsenals, they work as hard as a lot of the team yeah. as well now. Maybe back in the day, it was like the best team sort of could just play the technical stuff and the other teams have to run around, whereas the best teams run as well now. Is that is that the progression of the Premier League then, do you I, think? I think so. Everyone's an athlete, aren't they? Yeah. You see some of the people coming through there, like the athletes we have. Like we've got a few at our place, like big Amadou Onana, yeah. six foot five, can run all day, wow. sprints at like over 10 meters per second. He's just got everything as an athlete, plus he's technically gifted as well. It's like, <laughs> you've, you've got everything there. See, this is this is like, remember when we were in America in the summer? So we were in we were in America and we went to watch a Premier League series over there. And there was a couple like Premier League teams out there playing Premier Leagues against each other. Um, I think Villa were there, weren't Villa they? Were Brighton, there, yeah. Newcastle Chelsea. were there, Chelsea. Um, and we watched the game between um, Aston Villa and Brighton. And I said to, I remember saying to you at the time, I didn't I? I said, mate, look at the state of every single player that's playing on that pitch I said they are supreme athletes like yeah, they might yeah. be five foot eight nine ten eleven or, or even six foot two three four don't matter they're strong yeah. they are they're gifted they they're so agile they're so light aren't they? they the way they get about the pitch nowadays there's no there's no like weak link anymore is there no no not at all I think that's like the minimum requirement the first bit is like that you've got to be an athlete and then the technical and tactical stuff all comes beyond that I think I was listening to something that Michael Owen said the other day and he was like, players back in the day, you like Matt Letizier, would yeah. he be able to play in this game today? Yeah. But then maybe he wouldn't even get in the game because he, he's not maybe the athlete that people expect, but he was definitely a I technician. I thought it was it's an interesting point. It is an interesting really, point. Really, really good point because you think, would the Zolas, the Tissiers, you'd, yeah. you'd surely go, yeah, of course they would. Yeah. But how would they fit into a... Yeah, a kind of peptide team or something like that. But then, how would players these days fit into them? Yeah, for me, it's a completely different game from what I used to watch and what I take part in. Now, but for me, it seems like a completely different game. Has it changed? You reckon a whole lot? So you've been pro pro now for what fifteen years? Um, yeah, probably a bit less than that. 13, 13 yeah. years. So, yeah. Has it has it changed a lot? I mean, like, it? I started lower down, so it obviously was different there. But just on the eye, I think it was like the, the the tactics that teams employ now and how drilled every team is. You know, like you have your fullbacks coming inside mm -hmm. and wingers coming deep, and it's like the, the rotation of players. I feel like back in the day, it used to like four four two, four four two. Yeah, let's just start. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, this episode is brought to you by Amazon Prime. You know Amazon Prime is not just a shipping subscription, right? It's got everything, including streaming TV and movies on Prime Video. And of course, Prime's fast, free shipping. Go from watching your favorite shows to getting your favorite things. Whatever you're into, it's on Prime. 
Visit Amazon.com slash Prime to get more out of whatever you're into. Yeah, we did a top 10 GKs, like Premier League GKs the other week. And I said to Ben, all right, you're playing tomorrow. Who would you rather have in your team? Van der Sar or um, Alisson? You were like, I can't answer that. Yeah. I can't answer that because of, team because of the styles. And yeah. I saw Rio was doing one the other day and it was... Um, one of the Champions League teams he was in versus current Man City and they were like doing, you know, who... And it's so hard, isn't it? Yeah, because it's, it's a different era. It's a different, different way styles, of playing football. Yeah. It's so much faster nowadays as well, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, and then you see like, a team like Brighton get a manager like De Zerbian and then the football, they just start playing yeah. out of nowhere. But they, like, they were good under Potter, but like, it's a completely different level what they are now. They're like a top six side for me. When you um, when you come up against some of these like, like say whippersnappers, I feel old saying whippersnappers, yeah. like, it's horrible. <laughs> Sounds but when, old. But it's true though, <laughs> it like, when you come up against, so you're what, 31 years old? Yeah. When you come up against the, one of these new 21-year-old, someone, someone like, like that. that, a Phil Foden, someone rapid, somebody relentless, is is it in your head to go right? I am. I'm gonna have to give you a bit today. I'm gonna have to either sort of like try and physically dominate you, or try and lift you up, or something like that. Can you get away with that sort of stuff anymore? I mean, you have to be careful, don't you? Yeah. With VAR, you can't get away with everything, do you? So you have to be careful with what you're doing. Um, but there's, there's definitely like sort of tricks of the trade sort of thing about blocking people who've run before they've even started. Yeah, making yeah, yeah. Run, You've got to like be a bit that. cleverer then, though, aren't you? Yeah. I mean, I think probably what I have got. You say the 31 years old experience, so I've. I've also seen fast players for the last 10 years mm. and I know sometimes going to make a run, I'm just going to run in the way of them and stop yeah. them running that way so I haven't got to get in a foot race. Is this where you then hold your hands up and go, hey, yeah, come yeah, away, so <laughs> I just sort of, you know, I just fell into each other or something. Yeah, and then I mean, and for me, defending really is not really about the individuals, it's about the the, the whole unit around you. Yeah. So like for me, if I'm going to go and t- get tight on someone, I've got to know that my centre half and my full back and my midfield Tucking around all that. me as well. Because if, if you make it, you make it 1v1 game with most of the attacking players in this league, you're going to get done a lot of the time because yeah. they're all fast and athletic and how good they are. Who, um, who were your defending idols as a kid growing up? Um, so as we spoke about just before we, we came on, I was a United fan, so part of like Vidic, Ferdinand were like the two. When I, when I started to be more of a, a defender, uh, before that, Beckham. Really, any, yeah. any United fan growing up was a Beckham fan and in, that, in that era for sure. Um, I got a good stat yesterday. Who put the uh, crossing for the um, for the goal when Teddy Sheringham scored it against I Bayern Munich? Wrote the question, so it's back up. It, it was David Beckham. <laughs> Sorry, correct. Well done, you. Um, just talking about styles, right? So this is one of my my bugbearers. Is is you hear this Sean Dyche ball, Brexit ball? It's often tarnished, <laughs> and Sean himself has said in the past, I work with what I've got at my disposal, and that's not detrimental to any players, but he's saying, if I try and play Man City and do exactly what they do, he said, they're going to be better at it. So I just play with with what I've got. Now, your game against Newcastle and the, what, 30 Olays when you were popping it around, (laughs) 30 pass kind of um, move led to a goal. It was unbelievable. Yeah. It was absolutely unbelievable. It's unfair for people to say about that about Sean, right? I think I think what he sees is that he wants his team to just be effective. He doesn't see the benefit of us rolling it around the six yard box and just keeping it for keeping it sake. He'd rather us use our strengths, which is our athleticism, getting the ball forward. We've got Calvert Lewin up top, who's a physical beast. I wouldn't want to play against him myself. And then we've got people running off him. So he sees the effectiveness of that over us just keeping the ball around the back. But then in a game like that, we're 2-0 up, confidence is flowing, people yeah, start nice, the ball. It? Yeah. It's, a nice, it's a nice place to be in, and I've not been in that position many times, especially in the last 18 months. So to be 2-0 up against Newcastle, let's enjoy it and keep the is, ball. Is yeah. it important then? So obviously Daichi again gets labelled with, oh, we only like British players or English players. But how important is it? Because I've been in similar sort of teams to you where I realised that having a British core or 
British spine to the team, mm-hmm. people that kind of understand the the, the lay of the land, basically. Do you know what I mean? The way that it goes. You need people to sort of stand up and be counted. Is that really important to have that British core? I think we probably felt it at Burnley, but it's probably all we could afford at the time. Really, yeah. it's probably like British players coming through probably the Championship rather than signing loads of foreign foreign players on more money. We, yeah. we signed Stephen Defoe, and I think I've heard the gaffer say that he's one of the best players ever signed. So yeah. they tried to push the ball here and there, but we had a real good core of English lads. I remember he had a little belly on him, Stephen Defoe. Stephen, he was some player. Though. Yeah, he was lovely. He, was, he said he, that yeah. on ours. Yeah. Sean did, yeah. didn't he? Oh, yeah. he was so good. The season really? we got um, seventh and got Europa League, Stephen Defoe was unbelievable. Really? In, in, two in the middle, when as you say, you had a belly on him, he maybe couldn't do very well, but he, <laughs> Lovely he, he, would belly. Just, he would just dictate games for us all the time. And wherever he was, I'd just pass him the ball and he'd just run the game for us. Uh, I'm going to move on quickly. I need to ask about that, actually. The, the, the season Burnley got seventh. Um, for me, I think a team like Burnley getting a Europa League spot is a curse. Because you have to start back early. You have to start back in June, don't you? Normally, pre-season training starts about the 4th of July or something like that. You have to start back weeks earlier than everybody else because you've got all the qualifying stages. And then you're going to be playing Thursday, Sunday, Thursday, Sunday, pretty much relentlessly for the first half of the season, at least. And if you're a squad like Burnley, you need to have two starting 11s, don't you? Yeah, and we were... Basically, our pre-season games were qualifying games for Europa League. Mm -hmm. We had three qualifying rounds. I think we had the toughest draw you could ever really get. We had Aberdeen away, and we could have ended up like the team in Finland yeah, or yeah, anyway, yeah. we had Aberdeen away, which was tough. <clears throat> and then we had um, Istanbul, Basak Zahir. Oh, never had, nice to go out there, is I, it? And they had like Adebayor and Klishi and people out there. And then we got um, Olympiakos in the next round. So we were just getting like the worst draws ever. Yeah. Um, and then we'd always travel to like Greece on a Thursday, land back early hours Friday morning, and then we'd be like down in Southampton yeah. away on the Sunday. So you're just travelling nonstop. That, is, that, is that the bit? I think this is the bit that people don't really see a lot of, to be fair, is the mental fatigue of constantly travelling, constantly on the go. And it's like, oh, there's another game in three days' time. And I remember people used to say, me, who have you got in two weeks' time? I'm like, I don't know. I ain't got a clue. <laughs> I'm just trying to make it to Saturday. But it's true, though, isn't it? Yeah. You literally live week to week, game to game, don't you? Because otherwise, if you get too far ahead of yourself, it's just you, you just get boggled with it all. Yeah, you don't want to get carried away. Think, oh, we've got them in two weeks. Maybe that's a good chance for a result. I think it's always looking at the next games. Or for us now at the weekend, it's Burnley. Um, but you're right in them in them situations. The travel just takes it out of your body so yeah. much. I, I didn't even play some of them games. Or I'd maybe play like 20 minutes. I remember just like waking up on that Friday morning, early hours. I was thinking, I'm knackered, and I've got to get back on the train again tomorrow. Off playing and fly down to Southampton and play another game. Completely. All doing out that with you. the family as well. You know, with yeah, family, yeah, family as well. Family it's, life you know, as well. Your life life has to go on as well. But it's it's a double edged sword, isn't it? Because you said that about a curse, Ben. But tell that to West Ham fans. Yeah, you know, that, they've yeah. had the best. Best yeah, kind yeah, of course, experience yeah. of their football life, yeah. absolutely no doubt. So you don't want it to get in the way of progression. Even that, but, though, right? Even that, yeah. And I'll be dead honest with fans here, yeah. Even if you're if you're Burnley that's got into Europe, or West Ham. I remember Birmingham did it years ago, right? Until you get to the latter stages of that competition, yeah, yeah. for the players, it's kind of just another game. Get through it. You don't really think about it as a European adventure or a European game until you start to get to like the quarterfinals, last sixteen, semi. Then you think, oh yeah, this is this is getting juicy now. Yeah, it's like most cups, isn't it? It's not like yeah. the league cup. But early early on, it's just like it's just another game. Yeah. Maybe give lads some minutes and try and get them like fit early season and before you know it you're in like the quarters and you're like oh chance to go take this seriously now, yeah. yeah so it comes around quite quickly yeah. just pick up a few wins um talking of uh that season with burnley um i want to talk about being in teams that have always been sort of like relegation threatened um you know what it's like playing for a burnley even last season with an everton it's a battle every single game is a battle it's kind of like you win one and it's the best feeling in the world just how hard is it when you're playing and you're in that relegation fight and trying to keep others enthusiastic and upbeat and going. Um, 
it, it's tough, isn't it? I think it's the day-to-day stuff which is the toughest. The games I was always all right with. It's like maybe coming in the day after a game yeah. after you've been beat and you're like back in the building Miserable. again. And it's like everyone's at breakfast with like their heads down and like muttering away with each other. And especially when things aren't going great, yeah. it's always like that. Not because you're trying to be like acid about everyone. It's just like everyone's a bit down, sit down, breakfast, talk about the game, but things aren't going well. Um, so it's nice to be in a place where you've had a few wins and you go into training. It's like everyone's live. Buzz in a bit, wants to talk. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You want to watch Sky Sports. Yeah, you get back on again. <laughs> yeah. Um, but do you see? Do you notice a change in players? Then do you? Because I've I've always seen. Like I said, I've been similar to you. I've been in relegation fights and threatened and all that kind of stuff. And you you see players kind of withdrawing a little bit, don't you? And getting really quiet and insular. Yeah, it does, and it can feel clicky. I don't think it is always clicky, but it can feel it because yeah. everyone does go a bit quieter and a bit inside themselves. So then maybe they just sit with like their two mates that they usually speak to, and then they're speaking about the game. But it seems it? like it's divide yeah. then, and it's, and it's like them versus us almost. It's not intentional, but yeah. I think that's just because the, the the negativity around losing football matches can create that a little bit. Yeah, it does. It takes over your life. It's so cult- that's it. The important culture and having the right characters in there, though, yeah. isn't it? Like you say, having experienced players, maybe a British core. Um, but there's things obviously that sure will do to to kind of galvanize gaffer's day um one thing i wanted to ask about is this spin the wheel um so who's is he still doing it now yeah yeah is he who was telling us about it was it ben me i think it was sean deitch wasn't he, he yeah, was telling us about it. yeah it's sort of mellowed though in recent years when i first joined burnley it was used to be crazy like people were getting spun for the most ridiculous things ever like um, if you were if you were driving unsafe on the road, but it wasn't always unsafe. Like you didn't indicate in the lane with your club tracksuit on. Oh, that's a spin. So then, like you have a jury. Who, who would say that's a spin? So like there was like car school. So someone in the passenger seat would video someone maybe not indicate across the oh, lane. Oh, you know, like niche. That it, it was literally just the most ridiculous things you could find because then the spins on there were like Elvis. Um, what, an Elvis impression? An Elvis impression. Charlie Taylor had Elvis about six weeks in a row. He ran out of songs to sing. Oh. <laughs> it was. It used to be relentless. Now it's like, there's still a few awkward ones, but it's not as bad as it used to be. Um, I think it's a good thing I do. I think it's good for the young lads to, it's kind of, it brings them out of their shell yeah. more, doesn't it? Yeah. It's like the Christmas do. It will yeah. bring them out of the shell a bit. But I think he's not always young lads. It's actually, some of the older lads hate it more yeah, than the younger sure, lads. Yeah, for sure, mate, yeah. Yeah, yeah, some of the older lads really hate it. And you're like, you've got, got them up there doing like zoo animal noises. Or... <laughs> what about initiation songs? Did you have to do one? So I did one, but I was on the, on the Frank, on the Frank Lampard. And I did one in, I remember pre-season in Washington. But there's about 20 people. They had a load of new staff at the same time and everyone had to do it. So oh, I just got up early, bad. got mine out the way. And Individually? Then, individually, yeah. What but, song was it? Um, ain't no mine high enough. I'm crap with lyrics. I'm awful with lyrics. My missus winds me up all the time because I'm just don't know the words. So, make your own bits up. <laughs> yeah, it's just what we all did. You have to stand in. there with your phone. <laughs> no, no, no. That's the worst bit. People stand muttering while. Oh, it's horrible. It's, it's just uncomfortable. Yeah, it is. Yeah, they I do look, that so that they ain't got to see the crowd, yeah. and, they just, and then they just talk the words rather than actually sing yeah. the words. It just doesn't feel. You nice got to give it a little bit of a go at least. <laughs> when we're talking about Sean Dyche as well, um, we were talking about it, weren't we, Ben? And I said one thing we have to ask, being you, you obviously you two know Sean Dyche very well, is. Dominic Calvert-Lewin is known for having a pretty eccentric and cool fashion sense, right? <laughs> and Sean Dyche. Cool, did you say well, then? I don't know. I don't know. He's, he is, isn't he? Yeah, all right, if you say In so. the eyes of the beholder. Of yeah, yeah, I mean, that, yeah. <laughs> I've got a quote zip off, for God's sake. But, but Sean Dyche, DCL. There's got to be some comments going around around that. 
So usually in, in the spin meetings on like a Friday, everyone will sort of come in ready to go home straight after the meeting. So Don maybe we're walking in something a bit fancy. But to be fair, I think he's toned himself down a little bit recently. There's no like naughty like two piece suits. Right, or anything. Sean's the manager. Yeah, is he usually like a ca- some kind of cashmere bit, Don? Um, <laughs> yeah, never he never wears socks for some reason. Don never wears socks. He's got these Adidas trainers that he never takes off, and they're like a cashmere two piece. So his gear's not too lavish at training. But the gaffer does like a comment. Is he is he on everybody for a, for bits like that? Oh, Oh, yeah, yeah, James Garner. To be honest, James Jimmy Garner's got a bit of gear, and James James Garner gets quite a bit. Has he really? He was a he was a what what for the beer, couple, isn't he? Do you know what Jimmy Garner? I love that kid. Right, yeah. he might be one of the thickest footballers I've ever met. By the way, <laughs> yeah, yeah oh, he no. might be. There's not. There's worse out there. Sure. Yeah, there probably is. To be fair, but do you know what? I'll forgive him everything because he is a lovely lad. Well, he won't he be works, coming on the podcast anytime soon. <laughs> he's brilliant. Honestly, I love him. He works his socks off. He does. He absolutely works. He's a proper player as well. Isn't oh, he? he's very very good. Very very good. He's he's really come on for us, and he's. Probably like a, a real key play for us in, in the last probably six months or so. Um, I want to take you back then to um, last season. We've been talking about rele- relegation dogfights. Um, the last game of last season, um, it's all sort of hanging in the balance. Everton can get relegated. Uh, Leeds can get relegated. Leicester as well. Um, what's it like heading into that game? Because for me, that's that's as big as sort of any cup final, really. Do you know what I mean? The threat of relegation is it's a nervy affair, isn't it? Yeah, it's not nice. I remember... We did it the season before with Burnley and yeah. we actually got relegated. So I had that feeling already in me that like I've been through this once and it, yeah. it worked nice. But I remember watching a game early, early in the week. I think Leicester played Newcastle and it was worse watching a game with something right yeah, than yeah, it yeah. was actually playing in the game. Yeah. So I, I was thinking, I'm glad I'm not watching us play on, on the weekend. I'm glad I'm taking part in it because watching it was way worse oh, for me. Yeah. But yeah, oh, it was the, probably the, when the goal went in for us that Decore scored, probably the most, incredible feeling I've had ever, ever, ever had like internally really? when, I, when a ball at the back of a net I've never felt anything like yeah. it I think it was just as so much as like the sound from the fans and the feeling from the fans that I got because I didn't even go and celebrate I just stood in my own half just right. celebrating get your my shit own. together <laughs> let's go come on <laughs> there was three minutes left then they threw big Kiefer Moore on and they were just smashing Diags oh, over that's there. horrible isn't it that's not what I need big Kiefer Moore the thing is that what, what made that final day so interesting right so Leeds they're playing against Tottenham they got off to a horrific start I think Harry Kane scored after about a minute or two minutes or something they ended up getting pumped four once so they they were never in the, in the, within a shout, but Leicester Leicester were playing against West Ham at home to West Ham, and Harvey Barnes scored in I think the thirty fifth minute or something like that, which meant that you guys went in at half time, knowing that if you didn't score a goal or won the game, then you, there was a good chance you were yeah. going down because think, Leicester. I, were I don't think I knew that at the time. I don't think I ever actually asked anyone. Really, I think. I think I don't remember. Maybe I did, but in my head now, I don't ever remember knowing that because I remember just being at half time thinking. We just need to win. Because yeah. all we needed to do was win and then we would have been fine. Yeah. Um, so that was something, a message I remember saying over to, we will score today. We will score. Just yeah, trying yeah, to get yeah. it in someone's head that they're going to score. And thankfully, the core race smash went And big Dukes. Just tell me about Dukes as well. Because again, I was, at Watford. I, I was at Watford with a guy for two years. And I remember I, I remember actually signing, right? And it was we had a really good team at the time. It was like Gerard Delafeu, Etienne Capoue, Roberto Pereira, Decore. Um, and I remember just watching Dukes and going, how good is this guy, by the way? And everyone was like, he's a joke. He's an absolute joke. He does this every single day. He's been unbelievable for us. Since, since, since the manager came in and he's played him, he's been unbelievable. He's scored, I think he's scored maybe 10, 11 goals in... Yeah, yeah. It's one, I think it's less than one in every, every, every three games. And some of the goals he scored are either the crappiest goals ever, but the goals, yeah, or he yeah. scored absolute world. He's like, scored two or three volleys for us now from like the yeah, edge of the box yeah, and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but he's been different class. And he, 
talking to people who run, he just runs constantly yeah, he for does, us. He yeah. runs everywhere for us. That midfield engine. Um, yeah. And what was it like after that game then? Um, the, the final game of last season, obviously you, you've stayed up by skin of your teeth. You've done it. You've seen the game out. Um, were there any celebrations? Was it just pure relief? And it was like, right, I just want to go on holiday. Yeah, pretty much. I remember was, we're all got in the dressing room a bit giddy and the gaffer came in and straight away he said, I don't know why we're getting all excited. We should never be in this position. And, 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 the, room, and the room just went. Mm. <laughs> Cheers, boss. But he was right because we should never have been in that position. So the fact that we're celebrating just staying up but on, on the final day, he was correct. And maybe that's set us in good stead this year because yeah. now our aspirations are more this way than worrying about what's below us. And what was it for you then? Was it just like, right, I'm just <coughs> going to get myself on holiday, get myself my yeah, mind off of it all? I had a few beers that night and then um, I went away with my missus and my little one, probably, I think maybe the, the day after, to be fair, yeah, or two yeah, days yeah. after, yeah. So straight away on holiday. And Most just players go the day after, right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, just ready to get on holiday, aren't you? You just plan to, as soon as that game's finished, Get, get on all day. Get on no the recovery way. the next day then? <laughs> no. Oh, hell no. no. You're recovering the beach, mate, in the sea. That's where you recover. <laughs> yeah. um, and obviously you, you've played for England. You've got your two caps for England. Um, is it nice, secretly, it's got to be a little bit nice when you're not in any England teams and you know you can go away for the whole summer. But how proud of uh, of being in those England squads, making you two, your two caps for England? Yeah, I mean, when you're in it, you're not even bothered about the time yeah. off. It's the most amazing experience I've ever had in football by far. Um and the two caps are something which I'm super proud of. I would have loved more, but it's in, it's England, isn't it? So yeah. there's a lot of good players out there. So the fact that I've not got more, um, just take a pinch of salt and just um, take, take my breaks now and enjoy them and get away and order. Yeah. And I've been to some amazing places in them in that time. So I'm not It's a nice little refresh though, isn't it? Like I say, people, don't wrong, you always want to be in the England squad. You want to be selected by your country. But I just think sometimes there's so much football and there's yeah. so much travelling and time away that when you do get a chance to have a little recharge and just completely forget about it, it's so important to go away, isn't it? This early season's actually quite nice. You play like four or five games, we'd have like four or five days off. Yeah. Four or five games, four or five days off, and it's like just a little block That'll of games, do, yeah. play, off we go on all day, off we yeah. go again. So I've had, a, I've had a great time. And um, your defensive uh, partner at Everton at the minute, Jared uh, Branthwaite, doing wonders he's 21 years old I was looking at his stats earlier by the way and I said to you before we started the podcast I didn't even know that he went out on loan to PSV last year by the way a whole season he's played at yeah, PSV yeah. last season it's almost like he's arrived in the Premier League this year taken to it like a duck to water and people are just like oh my god who is this kid yeah he's been outstanding because he didn't even start the first couple of games um, and then we've obviously lost the first the first couple so Jared came in and ever since then he's been absolutely outstanding what sort of defender is he? Um He's a physical beast. I've, I've, I sort of trust that I can leave him 1v1 sometimes yeah. in the channel because he, he's so quick. I think, he's one of, I think he might be our quickest player. Really? I think, really? He, I think he's, de he's definitely Six foot there. five centre-back. I think he might be our quickest player. Um, and like people try and run him down the line. I think Antonio tried to run him off. We know Antonio was a, yeah, a beast, monster yeah. himself. And Jared just dealt with him down the line. I was like, I'll just leave you to do that now and I'll just stand in my slot and just let you deal with it and um, I saw an interview you did on TalkSport the other day and you were, they were saying obviously you know chances that you might get into the England squad that's, that's a genuine genuine oh, prospect for yeah, him yeah I was speaking to Pick yesterday about it and about he was talking about like the pathway into into like England's first team and Jared sort of gone on that pathway mm. through like the 18s, 19s, 21s he's, I think he's even captain to the 21s yeah. now so he's right on that pathway to be there at some point um, and whether it's within the next few months or within a year or so I can definitely see him being there soon. Yeah, that pathway, that he'll be like a Gareth Southgate wet dream. <laughs> you'd like think so, you'd think so, wouldn't you? Yeah, there's a couple of other players we wanted to talk about, which I said to Ben yesterday, we were having a little chat about it, and I was saying there's a couple of players at Everton that are really good players that just never seem to get much love yeah. from like... The, and, that, yeah. Harrison's one, Dwight McNeil, the other one, who, for me, he's just class, absolutely yeah. class, Dwight McNeil, and yet 
he kind of goes under the radar. Do, yeah. do you sense that at all? I've knew Dwight since he made his debut when he was 17, 18. That's right. obviously a Bernie. Yeah. 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 I, remember, I remember speaking, I think, I was speaking to maybe like Harry Kane at Spurs once. I said, like, you've got to look at Dwight McNeil. He's a sensational player. And I think they maybe sound like Sessing on or something after that. But for me, he's he's right up there with the wingers for me. His work rate's through the roof, but he's also got a left a left foot dream. He just strikes the ball so clean. Some of the goals he scored recently been incredible. I've actually thought of him recently, I mean, Dwight. He, he did a, an interview in a, like a Christmas article thing and he said his best mates at, at Everton and I wasn't even mentioned in the top oh, four. Oh, long chance. Yeah, I wasn't You've been a Burnley with him all the way through. Put him but, under your wing. Yeah, brought him to Everton, looked after him. Maybe he sees you as like a fatherly figure well, instead. I, I, I'm, I'm not happy with him. I fell out of him. I told him. And he, he's, he's trying to blame everyone else, but I know it's him. He's, he's, he's forgot about me. So he's I, fell, I, fell, I, fell, out, I, I fell out of him. We're not friends. <laughs> Um, I want to talk about these Everton fans, James, because um, for me, like, I just, I just see the Everton fans and I said it, I did, a, I did an article, I did an article, I did an interview a, a few years ago and I, I said that when you play away at Everton and Everton were going for a bad time at that time and play, uh, at that point in time and the Everton fans were getting on the back of all the players and they were, I felt it was not helping the team. I felt that if we got off to a good start away at Everton, we could really put the pressure on them and the fans would almost sort of like, not turn on them, but you could sense an atmosphere. Was that after you won, I think it was at 5-2 at Goodison? 5-2 or 5-3. 5-2 or 5-3. Josh King's got a couple Yeah, Josh, he got a hat-trick, yeah. He did, um, and, and I said it in a way of, listen, I just think if Everton fans actually helped the team and got behind them, then they'll do a lot better. And a lot of Everton fans gave me a lot of grief for it. They turned it round and I see the atmosphere at Goodison Park now and I just think, that's what it should be. It's, yeah. abs- it's proper, isn't it? It's sensational. And to be fair, I wasn't there at that point, but like last season we were going to a real tough place and they turned up week in, yeah. week out and got right with us. And it's, it maybe takes a few games where like you lost a couple and it was like a bit of like a, ba- a bad atmosphere at first, but then they soon get right behind you for the next game. And for me, <clears throat> they're a big part of what we're at where we're at right now really because they're right with us all the time yeah home and away loud supporting us even through when we've lost games have stayed behind clapped us um, and hopefully we're, we're sort of paying them back in these games where we're winning and we can all enjoy it together yeah i, I agree man i think um i think the everton fans when they're when when it's going well and they're all on on your side and helping out they're as good as any fans in the country it's, they're similar to like a newcastle or they something are like yeah that. they're, they're they certain are. historic clubs isn't it i i think it's a little bit to do with the old stadiums as well yeah, oh, yeah, yeah like true goodison that, yeah. and yeah, st james's that, yeah, like ellen road that. they're like ellen road's probably I was, as a fan, felt it a bit more hostile. Yeah. But like, um, yeah, Goodison. Like, once it gets rocking. I think oh. there's certain clubs and fan base, it, it just feels like it's actually their lives. And nothing against other clubs, but when, yeah. when you speak to and listen to Everton fans, it yeah. literally is their life. It That's is, isn't it? it? They live for is. football. They and live the, for the weekend. It's, like, it's the same at other clubs, I'm sure, like Leeds as well and other big clubs. But for them, you speak to them, it's literally their life is just for that game at the weekend. Then it'll make or break their week, but it yeah. into the next game. Yeah, there's a lot of passion, isn't it? So when you, when you sign there, obviously you've... You've had a great career and then Everton come knocking. It's whether or not it's just nostalgia and historic, because obviously Burnley have been in the Premier League, were in the Premier League for a long time. But And horrible to play against as yeah, well. But Everton, <laughs> it's like they're, they're one of these oh. grand historic English clubs, aren't they? So how did the, the move come about? When did you first hear about it? And So I'd had a, a lot of summers of like, I'm a leaving, I'm a going from Berlin. There was always rumours of me going and nothing ever sort of worked out. So I'm, I wanted to make sure going into that summer that I'd, I had something sorted straight away. I was out of contract. Um, so I'd spoke to as many clubs as possible, found out what they thought of me, what I thought of, what, what they were thinking. Um, and then I sat down with Frank and pretty, pretty much initially from sitting with him, I was, I was 
I was sold on on the on the whole thing straight away. And I thought, well, I still am. I, I want to be a part of the, turning that sort of project from where it was at to when I leave the club, it's in a better place because they just stayed up that season. We just stayed up last season, but hopefully now we're working our way back up to where the club should be. And when I leave, I want that club to be in a, in a better place it was when, when I joined. When you're on a free transfer, I've never been in this scenario, by the way. Um, one, is it a little bit daunting? Yeah. Is it kind of like a step into the unknown? You, it's like you've got to go get a new job. You've got to go and meet a whole new changing room full yeah. of people. Um, that's the first part. And then secondly, is the location of that club a genuine consideration as well? I, I, it's definitely something I, I, I took into consideration. I'm a northern lad and I was yeah. more drawn to being closer to home than I was moving away from home. I, it's not saying that I, I would have turned down at any other clubs to move away, um, but it definitely helped that Everton's in the northwest and I can stay near home. Um, the daughtingness, yeah. I mean, the, the worst part was really was thinking if I get injured in the last three, four weeks of yeah, my yeah, contract yeah, yeah. at Burnley, then I'm, I'm injured. And if I've it's got, a bad one as well. Yeah, and, I, and, I've, got, and I've got no club. Um, I remember, remember Alan Judge, little yeah, winger. Yeah. He he was coming to the end, end of his deal at Brentford, and he got injured there. And he's, the poor lads just suffered injuries ever since. And he was he was going to go to like a, a big Premier League club or like a, a, maybe like a Celtic or somewhere yeah. like that. He got injured and he never got that opportunity to move. So that was something that always played on my mind as well. Oh, I remember um, he was with you, wasn't he? At with Brent. Andros, Andros Townsend. So obviously Andros had. A year left on his deal, didn't yeah. he? But he got that that such a bad ACL injury yeah, yeah. and the setbacks that it looked like when Andros came on our podcast, didn't he? Yeah. he thought for a while, at the age he was at, he thought that might be it. But um, it's great to see him at Luton. Well, it's, it's, it's there's been a few players, people like even De Gea, David De Gea. Do you know what I mean? We're talking about somebody who's played frigging five hundred odd Premier League games, yeah. And the guy can't. He's like still in his pomp. You would like to think he's still in his pomp, and he can't get a Premier League team. He can't get. He, well, is it that he can't? But well, either way, how mad is it? Yeah, that he's spent mental. the last fifteen years being a pro footballer, doing a day to day, day to day, day to day, and now he's like just freedom. I can do what I want. You know, I think it, the thought of a free transfer sounds amazing. Like I can yeah. go where I want. I've got freedom. I decide. But then when you get to the situation, it's never as nice as you think it is. Really? I always thought, oh, free transfer, I'll be great. I'll have loads of options. I can pick and choose. I mean, I, I had a couple of options, but I wasn't like sitting there with like hundreds of offers yeah, and thinking yeah, yeah. I'll just rifle through these and just see what I can pick out. So it's, it, was ne it wasn't as nice as I anticipated, like say six months earlier when I knew my deal was running out. I think it's only, I think it's only probably a nice position to be in if you're a top, top oh, player. I remember like Ramsey went to Juventus, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, was like, yeah. He got yeah. <laughs> you there off in 400, yeah. what? All right, yeah. okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that okay. offer didn't come through to me, unfortunately. <laughs> um, have you ever wanted to, sorry, Ben, just on. quickly on that. Have you ever thought about, I know you, you've obviously, when you went to Brentford, but you've always kind of been in the northwest where you're from have you ever had thoughts about playing playing abroad or maybe finishing somewhere yeah i think i think i'll try to yeah obviously if the offers are there i think um i want to play as long as i can I'm, my body feels good right now so as long as i still feel like this in a few years time i'll see i'll see what's coming up but i'll definitely go abroad i think the mls is something which really interests me so we'll see down the line what goes on there yeah, yeah like see Chiellini retired this week, didn't he? He did, didn't he? A nice yeah. little swan song. You, you talked about it, didn't you? It's tricky yeah. with the MLS, though, isn't it? Because the seasons don't... Yeah. Because there's that, up, yeah. that overlap. It's, a, it's so like a summer season, isn't it's it? It's like David De Gea kind of thing. Is he just kind of chilling now, waiting to take waiting to some of those big... You'd think so, wouldn't you? Big It'd spots a, over I think there. he'll be all right either way, to be honest with you. Um, can we have a bit of goalie talk, please? A bit of goalie love. I love um, goalies. Yeah, the goalies are the best, aren't they? Say yeah. that, seriously. <laughs> goalies are the normal ones, aren't they? <laughs> The, the, yeah, that's what they say. Yeah, um, I, I know, I've played with some incredible goalies. So yeah, you're probably going to reel some off, and I'll I'll, I'll say some. So nice yeah, so I'm going to just give you a list of a few that you played. Obviously, Popey, Joe Hart at Burnley, uh, Tom Heaton, 
um, pickers now at Everton. Um, that's a decent little English selection there, isn't it? Maybe I just play with good goalers. Maybe I'm actually, I'm actually not very good at They're all. They're making the goal, you all look All the goalers behind me are making me look that's all what right it is. this time. No, I've, I mean, the four you've just listed there yeah. are four of the best in the country. So, yeah, I've played with some top, top goalers and, and they've all got their own strengths in their own different ways, but I think they're all top-end goalers. Um, people, though, talk to me. I don't oh, care. Okay. I want to know about the people, right? Okay. Well, Goal, just, well, like, goalies are misunderstood for me. Like, people think we're mad, we're weird. We're, I genuinely do think... Goalies are probably the best. Then it's defenders aren't far behind. The further up the pitch you get, that's when you start I to get could, a I can be completely impartial here, right? Goalkeepers are great. Yes. However, there are some certain characters. Like we've had a lot of goalies on and they have all been brilliant, brilliant blokes. But they're quirky. You know, yeah. this. I wouldn't go as far they as saying mad, but they are quirky. In their own in their own skin, that's all yeah, it is. Yeah, no, yeah. Well, heats... Um, what a guy he is. Yeah, he's, he's lovely, he's isn't he? some guy. I just love speaking to him. Anytime I see him, he gives me a big hug and I just love speaking to him. He's always dead happy, dead enthusiastic. Calm. Just nice and calm. Yeah. Um, pulpy creature. Yeah, just a big creature. Um, <laughs> big creature? What yeah, does that is. mean? He's just a big creature. If you, if you spent just a day with him, you'd just think, well, he's a big creature. Um, but he's... Some of the things he used to do in training were unbelievable. You just How hard and, oh. is it to get the ball past that guy? The amount of times you'd shoot and think, oh, goal. And you turn away and then before you know, like, what a save. And Pope, he's just got his big limbs just sticking out to the side and saving it. Uh, and then Pickers, oh, he's probably the maddest, to be honest. Is he, yeah. He's just, yeah, he's crackers. He, off the pitch, he's actually, he's, he's all right, he's quite calm. On the pitch, he's just bonkers. Yeah. Me and him fall out constantly. Why? Because he shouts my name constantly from behind me, so I'm constantly looking at him. To see if he wants anything or And then he's just barking at me to bark at someone else. And I can never really understand what he's saying. He's 40 yards away shouting, like screaming at me. I'm like, will you just come and tell me what you want me to say to the lads? Or are you just going to keep shouting from all the way over there? And it's usually telling me to tell someone else to do better or he likes saying the word intensity. Um, but he's some goaler and I think it's just his enthusiasm for the game is why he screams at me so much yeah. but we fall out all the time he the loves it as well don't he <laughs> you see him? I love it when he um, he got the ball the other day and he like collapsed on the ground yeah, and, yeah, um, yeah. Well, it's from the, that was from the Liverpool one a few that's uh, right. last season weren't it where he did it and then you remember at the end of the game Alison were you playing in that game by the way was it home or away I think it was the uh, Liverpool 1-1-0 I think or something like that it was one towards the end of the season yeah I, well I would have played in it I definitely played in both derbies. I don't remember Jordan doing that. He probably did because he, he definitely he's did. Like yeah. that. Yeah, he definitely he's, did. He's, on, he's on the wind-up constantly. Yeah, he definitely did. Talk to us about the Merseyside derby. How big is it? Oh, massive. Yeah, massive. I mean, we, we drew the first one at home last season. We played really well and should have won. And that would have been some start to the season. It was like probably our third or fourth home game. So that would have been incredible. Um, but yeah, the atmosphere is just beyond beyond another level. Um it's, it's always, I always feel like the different when the derby's within a city, I don't feel like there's as much hate between each other, if you know what I mean. You know, it's not like, so like yeah. maybe, I don't know about like I, I imagine there's more hate between United and Liverpool than yeah. there is between Liverpool and Everton. I mean, they obviously don't like each other, but they're all people from the same city. So it's not totally like a hate yeah, yeah. towards each other. It's more of like, we support Liverpool, we support yeah. Everton, we want our team to We want to you to well. lose at the weekend, but yeah, we're all from yeah, the same yeah, city. Like yeah. a Man U Leeds or something yeah, like exactly. that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, there's a lot more hate in yeah, them. Yeah, there is, than, there, yeah. than there is in there. Um, speaking about Liverpool there, are you, are you, you definitely have seen Jurgen Klopp before the games, yeah? I have. Before, do you know where he stands on the halfway line? And just stares at you. Does that, are you aware of that, right? <laughs> always, because I always warm up right near the halfway line. I like to be like that end of the warm up, so I'm always quite high. And I can always see him 
like gleaming at me from the side. And I'm thinking, I better make sure this pass is right. Or he's, <laughs> really? he's going to walk into the dressing room and say, that's how cost is having one in the warm-up. <laughs> go and play on him. I'm making sure every pass is crisp and I'm not giving it away. And if I give away, I'm thinking, he's going to go and tell them, lads, I'm, I'm having one in the warm-up. See, this is, this is exactly how it is. You know, he does. He stands there. He has hands behind his back and he's just watching, right? And I'm, I'm in the same boat as you, mate. I swear. I'm thinking, I'm doing my warm-up. I'm thinking... Don't let one in. Don't be like, you spoke to him recently about you spoke to him recently about this to, to Jurgen, didn't so, you? So yeah, I did like a we did I did an Amazon thing with him a couple of weeks ago and he was a lovely bloke, honestly. Really, really good. Chatty, talkative, he was awesome, weren't he? Um, and I mentioned to him about when he stands on the halfway line and I said, Are you aware that it intimidates the opposition? And he said, No, I didn't know that. He says, I don't do it for that. Yeah, right. so he why, said, why does he do that? Yeah, he says what he says is he says, I do it so I can just sort of maybe there might be a, a, a technical or a tactical something I can pick up on. He says, because sometimes Sometimes you get some teams that will set up their actual shape and position oh, okay. in the warm up. Yeah, yeah. And he says, and if I see like a left back or a right back will come inside or might step, he said, I might just clock it a little bit and I might mention it to the players before I go. He said, and I definitely don't do it to try and intimidate players, but it definitely does though. Oh, it definitely does. I, 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 it's att- it feels like he's attempting to do it. Even if he's not, yeah. it feels like he's attempting to int- intimidate players because he stands with a very stern look on his yeah. face as well. No expression. No, it's just sort of nothing, like, I'm yeah, judging just stares. you. Not even like a nod of hello or anything. He just stares at you. He <laughs> said, he, he said he, he's done it once from an intimidation point of view. Yeah, who was that for? Was it, it was in the derby? It, wasn't no, it, when it was at Dortmund. It, was it? Yeah, no, it was against Dortmund, wasn't it? Yeah, that was it, yeah. yeah. And he was trying to, oh, because he knew a few of the players that he had managed and he was trying to sort of get in their heads a little bit. Has he always done it? No, he didn't. He said he started it. I think at that Dor- might be that. At Dortmund, he said he, he might have started doing it then and, and, and then no, he's just, just, he's like, just always done it. Because a lot of managers don't even really come out for one. No do chance, they? mate. They don't want to know, do they? They'll just no. stay inside, wait till well, the lads they, get in and go, then straight away they'll see the assistant manager go, was it a good warm up? And he'll go, no, it was shit. And he's like, fuck. I've heard you won't with shit, lads. You better turn up now. There was one goalie we didn't talk about. And actually, we were talking to Dave Watson about it this week, and he said it was just impossible to get the ball past him again. Joe Hart, how did you find Joe? Probably the hardest work I've ever seen, and that's outfielder, outfielder, um, our goalkeeper. Every day in the gym, chucking weights about, music blasting, pumped up, and he just worked so hard. And he had a tough time when he was with us. Um, but he was a great guy, another, another really, really, really good guy, um, and someone I've kept in touch with since he's left, and it's glad to see him do well for Celtic. Yeah, as well. yeah he's right flying, well. isn't he? Um, VAR, um, again, you're a current player in the Premier League. I've asked a few players this. Um, first and foremost, VAR, yes or no? Um, I'm going towards no, the more, especially this season, it seems to have just taken got, over. Yeah, causing more problems than it seems to be solving, yeah. I, I feel. Um, and everything. There's a lot of like things where it's like it could be, couldn't be, and even with VAR, you, you can't decide whether it should be or shouldn't be. So it's like, well, why do we need it? If we can't decide on VAR, why why don't we just go back to whatever the ref was doing originally? It kind of worked as well, didn't it? Imagine that. Yeah, it imagine did. that. It sort of worked. I, I, the goal line stuff, I get. You know, yeah, like, yeah. You think the actual it, fact stuff. Yeah, the, the facts clear as day is fact. Yeah, but yeah. The, the opinion the, the opinion should just be left to the people on the pitch, I suppose. Because yeah. there's just someone in an office just deciding for themselves. If they think, in their opinion, it's a foul, and it could be, goes against the ref's opinion, maybe, but then he tells the ref to go and look at the monitor, and we all know every time the ref goes to a monitor, yeah, 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 nine times out of ten, it's given whatever the the, the fellow in the in the studio said. Are Is, you aware though that when a goal goes in the back of the net, 
not to kind of just get too carried away just yet. Is that that's the bit that for me it feels like it's killed that bit for not yeah. only the players but for, also for the fans in the stadium, the fans watching back at home. You don't ever get to just fully lose yourself, do you? No. When the goal goes in, I, and I feel like I'm, I'm not a massive celebrator goals anyway. I usually stay back either unless I'm in the box. I usually just stay back, yeah. but it definitely does change it because you always think you know is he offside or is he touched his hand or did something the build up change? So yeah, you can yeah, never yeah. really have that proper enjoyment moment where you really celebrate because you're waiting to think, oh, maybe the rest going to change this. So we just got to go against Newcastle last week, the 30 pass one, and Bettle might have been offside. So we all celebrated, but we all sort of celebrated thinking, mm. mm, we could be offside. Yeah. That's a like, shame though, wasn't it? Not, when, remember Connor Cody last season at Everton? Was yeah. it in the derby? Yeah, in the derby he yeah. Went, yeah. went for it fully, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, yeah. And it was disallowed. Offside. Yeah, it was offside. disallowed. Yeah. Offside. Oh, but it. It, I mean, you proper celebrate a goal and it feels amazing. And then, boom, like that, all taken away from you. And it sort of has like, like a... A negative effect on you a little bit because you go so high, then yeah. you go so low. You almost go back past where you were originally. It's yeah. like all oh, the other teams got an advantage now because that goal don't count. Do you think uh, you, some of the some of the decisions that have been taken a long time as well? You see some that might take like a couple, three, four minutes and stuff like that. Is it a thing that players might get a little bit cold in that time? Do you know what I mean? When you're sort of standing around, yeah. waiting around, or mentally Does just it bother sort you? of it, it, it does seem to drag out. Like we score one at Chelsea and. I've seen it back in Calvert Lewin's Mars on side in the build up to it. I'm thinking, why did it take us four or five minutes to get to that point? Yeah. I, I could see in one clip that he was he was on side. If you get something a bit more instant, if it yeah. does take 30 seconds and we're going to keep it, then hopefully that's the way forward because these four or five minute delays are just taking forever and it kills the game and the atmosphere a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. James, just want to talk about match day tickets because I remember when Ben was a player. After some. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, please. <laughs> Versus Wolves, home and away, thanks. Um, no, I remember when Ben was playing and it was. Stressful for you, hard wasn't work, it? Ben? Yeah. Um, hard work. What's the most amount of requests you've ever had for a game, and are you still doing it day off? Yeah, well, being vice captain now, and Seamus has been injured for a while. I'm actually checks like away games. I have to carry around the tickets in the hotel before and say to lads, tickets. Who wants tickets? And deal them all out. And then some staff need some. Some lads need more. Someone promised them that they can have their two, but then they're already <laughs> using them. There's just so many logistics go on with it. Um, luckily, we've got a couple of girls in the office at our place who are really on it with the tickets, so they've sort of took that pressure away for home games where you've just got to send a little message saying four tickets this name, two tickets that name, and the club are quite good, but. Some of the some of the organize, organizational stuff, I should say, um, it can, especially in away games, is a nightmare. It's not like players to be unorganized. It's is tricky it? though, isn't and, it? Because yeah. I remember even towards the end of your time at Watford, obviously people knew that Ben didn't have years left playing. They were coming to a point where you were you were buying, yeah, and paying getting, even yeah. then well, general tickets weren't available. You were paying for hospitality tickets yeah, out of your own pocket yeah. because you couldn't get any more. <laughs> it could you? Horrible, wasn't it? He was on a decent contract it? though. James, yeah, I can, so, I can, yeah, I can yeah, tell yeah. buying hospitality tickets. Yeah, yeah few and far between them as well. But it is though it's a grind isn't it like people are like last minute oh can you get me a last minute ticket and then you've got to try and find it or sort it yeah well I guess every now and then my dad will message me like oh fella from the pub down the road his son's brother's a, an Everton <laughs> fan can you get him two tickets for the weekend and I'm like dad you're not promising people things <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> stitching me up here. yeah because then I've got to scramble around trying to find two tickets from somewhere so no it can be but to be fair I've got a, a real core of like friends and family who come to the games all the time and that's pretty much where it ends and I have the odd one here and there but with enough notice it's easy yeah. is there a player that, at Everton that's like a soft touch and you know he never uses his comp so I'll, I'll go to him um, usually Miko yeah because he's Ukrainian his family's in U Ukraine a lot so you can just go to Miko and say need tickets he's like no I'm fine I'm good well, then, brilliant I'll, I'll have yours, yours mate. Yeah. thank you <laughs> was um, there anyone at Watford that you used to do that with Ben um, there's, um, there's always players that want 20 Put them yeah. at Wrexham Paul Mullen would need 20 tickets <laughs> at least every game really? home and away 20 tickets yeah but 
you would have lads that wouldn't want any. So he would make a point of on a Tuesday or Wednesday going around everybody going, lad, do you need your tickets? No, I've got yours. Can I, do, I've got <laughs> yeah, yours. Yeah. And then he would go to the captain Tozer and say, Toes, he don't need it here. So I've got his, all right? And I've got 40 up, this week. He'd need, need at least 20 every single game, home and away. That's it amazing. Was a joke. Yeah, it was a joke. Um, life after football then, James. Um, I'd like to think you've still got another six, seven, eight years easy oh, in yeah. you. Oh, easy. Right. easy. Um, but have you had any thoughts about what you might want to get up to when, yeah, when the football stops? I'm sort of dabbling in a few different bits, to be honest. Um, I've done the odd bit of TV, radio kind of thing, just to see if I like that. Yeah. Um, I did my UEFA B coaching badge last year. Nice. So I'm, I've done that and I'm on a uh, course with the PFA, which is like a sporting directorship course. Yeah, in nice. So I'm sort of just trying to s- spread spread myself around a few different things and see where I end up in a few years' time. Because um, I'm considering going abroad at some point in my career, so you never know where that's going to lead you. Yeah. Uh, I'm not, I did my coaching I liked it but I'm not sold on it completely um, so I'm, I'm really not sure I'm, I'm concentrating on the, on the playing stuff more than anything but just preparing myself for, for when I do finally I love come, that, come, come to the end I think, um, I think whatever you choose to do mate I think you'll be absolutely cracking at it I really do yeah um, definitely thanks. that was fantastic we've got just a few quick fires to finish um, the podcast mate um, you ready for this yeah what is your bucket list sporting event as a, as a sports fan so I've listened to a few of these and if, is it the Masters that always comes yep. up in it? So that's definitely one for me. Another one, I'm a bit of a cricket fan so I'd like to go to an Ashes series oh, yeah. in Australia oh, yeah. oh. for like the four or five MCG weeks. Or somewhere like do, I don't do the full thing from start to finish yeah. or five tests. Barmy Army. Barmy Army. Oh, that would be bad. There you go, Barmy Army. Luke, um, Luke the cameraman yeah. is a big, big cricket fan. Oh, mate of mine's right he's the, like the main mine. guy at Barmy Army. Who is? Uh, mate of mine, he, he's like the, I think he's like the managing director of Barmy Army, so yeah, they go all over tickets. the place. Talking tickets, so we can do a lot of Windy, West yeah. Indies. Wolves tickets. Yeah. <laughs> Wolves oh, tickets for West Barmy Indies Army away. Oh, yeah, yeah that would be nice, yeah. Um, football idol growing up, one. You've got to just pick one. Beckham. 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 Yeah, secret this. talents? Have you got anything up your <laughs> sleeve? Have I got any secret talents? Um, if you have oh, to think about it, have. it's a no, isn't no, it? No, I don't know. He might have. He, he sounded no, like... No, because what's classed as a talent? I don't know. Well, like, all right. The party, party, party trick. Game or <laughs> party trick. Look, I can do this weird thing with tongue, but me and my sister can both do it. That's my horrible. lad can do that. Oh, that's horrible. Like, yeah. like a snake with your tongue. Yeah, yeah it's, it's like snake, yeah. such a small percentage of the world can do. It's that and shaking your eyeballs. My lad can do both. Shaking your eyeballs? Yeah, he can go like that and he's eye, he's like eyeball shake and the exact same thing there, yeah. I don't know how you learned to do that, but my sister did it and I just watched <laughs> so, her do it once and said, I can do that. He's a strange kid. <laughs> so it's not, it's, no. it's not really a talent, but I don't know. I like it. <laughs> it's better than nothing, I suppose. Yeah, exactly. You're quite good at football as well, yeah, you know. Have you, got, that. have you got a special talent? No. I could down a pint in about three seconds. You're very good at downing a pint. Uh, it's really a party trick. Good. It's not a talent, but it's yeah. It's really, really good. Yeah. Is, it, is it still a talent? Yeah. <laughs> okay. No, it's a good talent as well, to be yeah. fair. Yeah. Um, if you could live the day in the life of anybody ever oh, in the history wow. of ever, who would it be? Oh, ever? Oh, my God. <laughs> Just about those what 10, mad question. 20, 20 billion people that have ever lived. <laughs> Oh my word! Um, on the spot, we should have some I'll, I'll give you. I'll give you. I'll give you like a, uh, an idea or something that most people would go. Yeah, that'd be cool. So for me, it would be being a president for the day. Yeah. So someone like a Trump or an Obama. Yeah, just because I want to find out. I want to find out the secrets. Yeah, that's a good chart. Um, or a sports person. Yeah, tiger nah, for a day. Sunday Tiger for a day. That'd be nice, wouldn't it? Yeah. Nah. I want to go away from sport. I want to go. I think I'd go down the, your line of like a 
uh, like a supreme leader to see what was going on. At supreme the leader? That's Ali G and what's it no, called? No, it's um, <laughs> the interview. Yeah. the supreme leader. The interview, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Supreme <laughs> We're not putting words in your mouth. No, now, I know. Yeah. Yeah. Dictator, yeah. basically. Yeah. yeah, for the day. Um, and finally, um, if you were to have a Everton team quiz tomorrow and you were getting in pairs, who would you like to have on your team as a quiz, quiz mate? Oh, God. Um, Quizmate Everton. There's not many. It's a very short list of people. This is, we hear this a lot, don't yeah. we? Well, you're not picking James Garner, Ben. We've no. we've established. No. You know, actually, just Burnley. We had a we had a few you could easily pick. Pope, yeah. Pope is good at like quizzes and stuff like yeah. that. Jack Court's very good at stuff yeah. like that. We, we used to do it Arrowhead every morning. Nice. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, we used to, like, four or five of us would sit around and do it. Um, but Everton was not many of us at all. Maybe go. I'm going to go Andrew Lonergan just because he's the oldest, so he's got the most experience. Yeah, a bit more wisdom. Andy Lonergan, yeah. Yeah, yeah a bit I'll more go. wisdom. And then on the flip reverse is that, who's the one player you would not want on your team? <laughs> well, I know you're picking James Garner, as we said, so... Uh, this question's got us in... We can't say who and how, but this question's got us in trouble It in has got us in trouble in the past, That's yeah. it? Yeah. So Mike... What, someone email in? <laughs> no, somebody said somebody, a player said... Um, another player. Another player, and... Um, that player didn't like it. <laughs> they didn't like getting the fact that they got called one of the thickest in the team. We'll just leave it at that. Yeah, we'll leave it at that. Yeah, I mean, anyone but Lonas is pretty much that list of people. Uh, maybe I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Jordan Pickford. <laughs> Pickers, so, sorry, picks. Not really. Oh, Pickers. It bring it bring energy at least. It bring energy. Not much like. Um, wisdom anyway let's just put it like that um james thank you so much mate really Thanks appreciate well, that um that was that was class wasn't it world class world class top man thank you very much up the fozcast up the chuffing fozcast up the fozcast thanks everybody for watching we hope you enjoyed the latest episode of the fozcast don't forget to give us a follow on spotify up the fozcast up the fozcast